Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Liz Lenevy, and today I'm joined by Megan Crow and Elizabeth McNulty. And today we're going to be talking about interpersonal communications with higher ups. So, you know, having tough conversations with your boss, having tough conversations with more senior attorneys, or maybe sometimes having tough conversations with management within whatever your respective industry or company may be. And the reason we wanted to talk about this is we were inspired by by something that recently happened at our firm. A couple days ago, we had an all-firm retreat where everyone from the firm was invited to attend, and that is everyone from the paralegal who had just started the day before the retreat to the most senior attorney here. And this was an opportunity for everyone to get together, to get to know each other, and to speak to what difficulties we may be having within the firm. Because even though I think that this is a really unique environment as far as how we interact with each other, there's always room for improvement. And that was the goal of the day is how do we take what we have right now, which I think is good, and how do we make it great? So one of the topics that was the big focus of the day specifically was interpersonal communications. And something that came out of that was a lot of discussion from our staff. And I will begin by saying the staff here are amazing. We would not be able to do our jobs without the folks who just really get the the daily things done. I mean, we talk so much about what it means to be an attorney, you know, the depositions, the client communications, the prep, the trial work. But what gets lost in that oftentimes are the people who make sure that all of those things can happen. Truly, we would not be able to function as a law firm, as attorneys, without these folks. And something that came out of the discussion was how can we better treat these people and make sure that they feel as appreciated as they are. So based on that conversation, which was a really enlightening conversation, it was a tough one, certainly, but it was one where I really got the dialogue moving. So in preparing for today, we had been chatting about really how much courage it took for these staff members to speak up because it's really difficult to have a conversation where you seem critical of anyone. And it's even more difficult when that person is your boss or that person has some sort of supervisory role over you. And I know certainly I was really impressed with their honesty and their candor. And it got me thinking about, well, how would I have reacted in that situation? How would I have responded? And have I throughout my career had to have those kinds of tough conversations? And so that got us thinking about how we approach these conversations. So Elizabeth, I want to throw this to you. Have you ever had an opportunity or a situation present itself where you had to have a tough conversation with a higher up? a boss, a supervising attorney, or, you know, even outside of the firm, maybe at a prior job, you know, someone who had some sort of leadership role over you, where maybe you weren't happy with the way you were being treated. And how did that conversation go? What did you like that you did in that communication? Maybe what are the things you can improve on? Sure. I certainly have had those conversations specifically here. And I think that the first thing 
that's important is to kind of you have to have built like a trust and a rapport with that person to begin with to even feel comfortable enough to have that conversation and so I feel like as a manager someone who is that person for other people you really need to work on that relationship to entrust it the people that are working for you or reporting to you feel comfortable enough to have those conversations because they're an important part of a healthy work environment and a healthy work life because you want the people working for you and with you to feel comfortable to come to you when they don't think things are going right with them because at the end of the day no matter what your job is where you work if you are you know happier or feel you know more comfortable at work then you're going to do better at your job I think that that's probably a a pretty sound kind of rule no matter where you work so I think the number one thing is to kind of build a trusting relationship up and down with who you work for and who works who reports to you so I think that's kind of the number one thing that you I started working on from day one is building a relationship with the people that I reported to the conversation's uncomfortable and so you need to plan it out honestly and for me if something's bothering me I I don't like to just address it right away kind of want to sleep on it make sure it's something that I actually want to take the time to address especially in a high stress fast-paced environment like we work in you don't want to fight every battle and you don't want to take issue with everything that someone you're working with might be doing because some of it is just like projection sometimes we have crappy days sometimes we get a bad order from a judge and you know you might take it out on the attorney you're working with that just kind of happens I don't think it's right I don't, I don't think that it should necessarily be accepted, but I think that sometimes you have to give people some grace and maybe you don't need to have a conversation about how they might have treated you on that specific moment. But once it becomes something that, you know, is keeping me up at night, I can't like work past it on my own, then I know it's time to have a conversation about it. And the next thing that I think is important is to pick a time where you think it's a good time for that person to have the conversation. Generally, the personality type it takes to do the kind of work that we do, we're pretty type A and we don't really like to hear that someone is like unhappy with something that we've done or you know we're not doing our job perfectly because it can be seen as kind of constructive criticism of the way that someone that you report to is handling their job so I think you need to plan it out and kind of pick a good time that works for that person, whether you want to shoot them an email, hey, do you have time to talk sometime this afternoon, get it on their calendar, kind of whatever usually works in that person's workflow. And the next thing is kind of, I like to kind of write out my thoughts a little bit, make sure I have it collected of what I'm going to say. But I think being honest is the number one thing. And certainly kind of the forum that we opened up in the firm gave people that opportunity to, even if you weren't going to do it that day, now I think our staff feels comfortable coming to us and being like, hey, this isn't working for me. Can we talk about it? And I think that's really important and something I would encourage anyone who's listening to open up that dialogue for either, you know, people that are working for them because it creates a healthier workplace. So I've certainly done that with the people on my team, but back when I've had conversations like this with attorneys I've reported to, I think it's been generally well-received. I think it's also imperative when you're having these tough conversations to do it in person, right? And I'm thinking about situations where maybe when I was younger, if I was having a problem, I would find it easier to write my thoughts out into an email and just send out an email and say, hey, I'm having problems with X, Y, Z, and 
and this is not going to work for me. So please accept that I'm not trying to be critical of you and then sending it off in an email. But the problem is, as we know, context can get lost in email. Tone gets misinterpreted in email. And so I think the important conversations like this absolutely cannot be done in writing or even virtual. Like this is probably not something that could be done by Zoom. This is probably something that needs to be done, I think, probably face to face. And so I think that that's a good point that you made about setting the time aside and then also following up in person. In addition to that, I will find someone I trust and use them as a sounding board, whether it is another attorney at the office or if it's someone in my family, if it's my mom or it's my husband, I will run it by someone else who maybe has a little more of an objective perspective and will be able to see how I am presenting it on the other side. Because it's one thing to sort of practice in the mirror and you're watching, and I've done this before where I've practiced in the mirror and I think that I'm coming off really reasonable. And when I do it in front of my husband, I give the same spiel. He says, okay, whoa, 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 let's let's calm down. You're going real fast. Your voice is getting, you're clearly agitated. Just pull it back a little bit. You got to calm down. And I find that that's really helpful to just do some practice runs with someone that I trust to give me honest feedback so that when I am prepared to have this tough conversation with someone, I know that it is going to be presented in the way that I want it to be presented. As in, this is not a hostile conversation. I'm not trying to attack you personally. I am trying to point out a problem and let's see how we can improve on it. And that's the other thing that I think is really important as part of what you're planning out, what you're writing out, is come up with a a resolution, is come up with a strategy, an answer. Here's my problem. Here's why I'm unhappy, but here's how we can fix this together. And these are the things that I think you can do, and these are the things that I can do, and together we can get past this. I think that that's ultimately the goal, is you're not just there to complain to this person. You want things to change. And Megan, I'm curious, though, you know, what are your experiences with this? Again, you know, is there anything that you found really beneficial? Is there anything that you maybe did that you wouldn't do again. (laughs) Yeah. So Liz, basically you took the words right out of my mouth. I was thinking, come with solutions. And I know that that's advice that I've given in other contexts before, whether it's talking to, you know, someone to get advice. You don't want to sort of go in with, like you said, just complaints. You want to have a strategy sort of in place that you think would be helpful so that the conversation doesn't seem out of the blue. It shows that you really put some thought into it. I'll share sort of a personal experience that I've had with this, I was on a case not too long ago that I was really struggling with. It was uh, something I've never really done before in a venue I was completely unfamiliar with. And I was just really struggling sort of with this case. I was getting down on myself. I felt like everything I was doing was bad. And the supervising attorney on this case was sort of of the mindset of, you got this, figure it out. And my sort of default is, you know, shut up and figure it out myself. I don't want to seem too incompetent or needy and and come with too many questions. But it was getting to a certain point that I was like, I really need some direction on this. So I had a really good sit down conversation with the supervising attorney and said, you know, I know you trust me with this and I really appreciate that you trust me with this, but there's a lot of questions that I need answered. Here's what I think I need to be successful in this. And I came with solutions and not just help. I'm drowning. I don't know what to do here. You need to take it. It was 
much more strategic than that. And it was a really great conversation. And this case honestly hasn't really caused me any headaches since then that I was having before, which is great. I don't think the importance can be overstated of fostering an environment where that conversation can happen. And me and this attorney had a really, you know, long established good relationship. So it came pretty easily. It is tough to ask for help or, or to say that you're struggling with something that's never going to be comfortable or fun or easy. But having a, a relationship where you know you're not going to be judged for doing that is super important. And it reminds me of something that someone brought up at this retreat that we had this week. It was a, a new employee who has only been here for a couple of weeks and shared with the group that while he had been at numerous companies, some good, some bad, he could tell right away that it was a good group because of the fact that we were even having the conversation today. He noted how it was a great thing that we were not only having the conversation, but receptive to feedback and what we can do better. And every single person is responsible in a small part for fostering that environment. So I think that everyone can do some part to make others feel welcome to have an open dialogue. And that goes a really long way. You know, Megan, your story about going up to your supervisor in, in this situation and basically saying, hey, this isn't working for me, but let's let's think about ways we can improve on this situation. And really, that's also to the client's benefit because it's not only hurting you ultimately if you feel overwhelmed and unprepared and ill-equipped to handle something for the first time. That's a really nerve-wracking experience as a young attorney, basically just getting something dropped on your desk and being told, you're smart, you went to law school, figure it out. It makes me think about the time that I had. It was a situation where I felt that my work on a particular project had not been sufficiently recognized. And I had sort of been, credit to me had sort of been cut out. And that really ate at me for a long time. And probably I, I let it eat at me for too long to the point that it was starting to affect not only my job performance, but how I was acting at home. My mom could tell that something was up with me and I was not happy. And I, I finally had to admit, you know, I try really hard not to get my feelings hurt and I don't want to make this situation about me, but I really was a little offended by by the way I was treated in this situation. And part of that was because I had never been treated like that before. I had been so accustomed to getting credit where I had earned it that when I felt like I had been cut out, it came as a real shock to the system. And so I did a lot of the things that you talked about, Elizabeth. I planned out a time to speak with my supervisor. I wrote out my points of grievance and I came up with a solution. I practiced it and eventually I had a really, really uncomfortable conversation with my supervisor. But I think the best piece of advice I had gotten before going into that conversation was from my husband because he could tell I was still taking it really personally. And he said, hey, I think you need to give this person the benefit of the doubt. All right. Maybe try to see it from their perspective. Maybe they don't recognize how this is affecting you. They don't recognize what the action that that took place and also keep in mind that this is not how things have gone in the past. So go into this conversation giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I kind of took a step back, took a bit of a breather and said, you're right, I'm, I'm coming into this way too hot. I'm taking it way too personally. And I'm going to try to go into this calmer, more objective, more professional and with ideas on how to rectify the situation. And I went in with that. And again, it was a tough conversation. That was one of the toughest days I've ever had at any job. And I walked out of there not feeling great, 
but feeling much lighter. And ultimately, the situation did improve. There were actions taken that showed me that my supervisor had now recognized how I was feeling and was taking actions and real steps to try to, again, rectify the situation. And that meant everything to me. And that changed not only, again, how I was feeling personally, but helped me stay motivated at the job. And I, I took a lot from that that interaction and from that conversation. And it's affected now how I go forward with all conversations. I mean, just recently, I had to have another pretty tough conversation, not something personal, but just something just general about the, the workplace that I had an issue with. And that conversation went great. The supervising attorney was really receptive to my thoughts and the way I approached it. And again, I went in giving them the benefit of the doubt that how I was initially perceiving their action was maybe not entirely fair. And so when I go in with solutions or changes to that action, hopefully they understand where I'm coming from as well. And going in with a respectful and open mind type of attitude, I think that that's what really fosters the the best communication. And, you know, if it's a situation where that that's not available to you, where if you go in with all of these solutions and all of these strategies and you find that the other side is not receptive, I think that that speaks to maybe what that particular culture, whatever your job is, and then that's a different conversation you gotta have with yourself. It's a really good point that sometimes people don't know what they don't know. It's another reason why it's important not to go in hot to some of these conversations because sometimes supervising attorneys have so many things going on, they have so many pots on the burner, so to speak, at one time that they may not realize that something is an issue until it's brought to their attention, which just really speaks to how it's important to come to the table with any issues or problems that you've experienced or observed really rationally and reasonably and say, like you said, give them the benefit of the doubt. Say, I have noticed this or I've experienced this and you probably didn't mean to do this or maybe this you didn't even know this was an issue, but this is what I'm feeling. And it's really important to remember that maybe people aren't as observant as you may be. And certain situations may not be known until they're brought up. And my experience is that usually when they're brought up, the supervisor is receptive to that feedback and they're glad to learn of any issues so that they can move forward in a more positive way. It's a good reminder that not everyone knows what's going on in my head. very true. And one of the reasons why I think this topic is so important as young professionals and then as women, we have to speak up for ourselves. And it's the only way where we're probably going to find some satisfaction and make sure that we don't get taken advantage of in some scenarios. Because I think that, you know, probably 20 years ago, people sitting in our similar circumstances, it was kind of just like, get over it, move on. And I think there are plenty of scenarios where that is good advice. We, Like I said, you don't need to pick every battle, but I think we've learned here today that there are a lot of things that we have seen in our time where it was important to speak up, and that's the only way that those around us are going to more fully understand our thought process and how they're making us feel, so to speak, because not everyone is as a kind of interpersonal awareness. And in an industry like ours, I mean, there's so much stuff going on day to day. It's hard to worry about your team members' feelings. And I understand why that isn't top of mind. But I think topics like this make it apparent that it should be more important to those that find themselves in managerial or supervisory roles. Your team members' well-being and happiness in the workplace will become very apparent in how they do work. 
So the happier they are, the happier everyone can be. Certainly, we don't live in a Pollyanna world where everyone is happy 100% of the time. Making sure that they're comfortable having conversations when they're unhappy with something that's happened is really vital in a healthy workplace. One thing I'd just like to add, and it's conversations that I've had where there wasn't necessarily a solution. I just needed to make sure that I had been heard. Specifically, what happened is I was kind of taken off of something because someone more senior wanted to be put on it and that made me very unhappy obviously and it happened and I thought about it and kind of stewed over it because I didn't really say anything because you know I'd only been here a couple of years and I was like you know someone more senior wanted to do what I was doing I didn't have a say in it but I ended up having conversation because it obviously was upsetting and it was just kind of like I needed to say my piece there was no solution I wasn't going to win that battle but I needed to know that I didn't like the way that felt and I certainly didn't like the way it was handled and I needed to kind of make sure it wasn't going to happen again and if it did you know why I don't think that it needs to happen in every scenario but when something is kind of eating away at you it's important to at least say your piece and hopefully the person you're saying it to is receptive and if they're not I do think that that's kind of one of those scenarios where you got to have an internal dialogue with yourself you know if this person is repeatedly not going to give a crap about how I feel at work then I think that's you know something to consider but I do think ultimately those conversations are really healthy and important to have in the workplace and as a manager or supervising attorney don't take them personally personally when someone comes to you with you know a grievance of sorts and I think that's certainly something that we learned this week it's important to have those self-reflection moments and make sure that you are you know being the best supervisor or manager that you can be and making sure that your people are you know happy with the way they're being treated and if not how can we fix it and I think Elizabeth to the story you just said that was a solution. It was a solution as far as long-term goals of this was not acceptable for me and this is not how I deserve to be treated and let's make sure this doesn't happen again. And remember, you can only expect someone to change their behavior and improve upon their behavior if you tell them that there's something wrong with the behavior. Again, that's something I really struggle with is why can't everyone just read my mind yeah, and, and know how I'm feeling? But that's a really great example, Elizabeth, of sometimes the the solution is not how do we fix this one immediate problem, but how do we make sure that in the future we don't have this problem again? And if someone comes to you as their higher up or their supervisor or their managing attorney or whatever and says that they have this problem, I, I've had those conversations where someone who I am sort of quote unquote in charge of has come to me with a problem and it is a, an uncomfortable conversation and it requires me to apologize, which I don't love doing, but I will when I recognize it is necessary and it is warranted. But it also tells me that I must be doing something right. If the person feels comfortable enough and trusts me enough to come to me with their problem and says, hey, you screwed this up and you need to make it right and gives me the opportunity to do that. I may have screwed whatever it was up, but I obviously have done something right in terms of fostering that relationship enough that they can come to me instead of immediately just putting in their two weeks notice and saying, peace out, I'm gone. So it's a tough thing to do. We don't like to do these kinds of things. These conversations are difficult. And I know oftentimes with as much work as we have, and it feels like there's just not enough time in the day. And sometimes you're thinking, this is the last thing I need right now. I have so many other things going on. It is important to take a minute, to slow down, and to work on these relationships that we have with the people that we really rely on to get everything done. And at the end of the day, as well, you, you want these folks to 
feel appreciated, to want to go the extra mile, because that is going to mean better results for our clients. And I think that these tough conversations, while it may seem scary and hard at the beginning, I think it's important to keep in mind that they're always for a greater purpose. They're always for the greener pastures afterwards or the brighter road forward. And, you know, something as maybe a supervisor or the managing attorney that is another important part of these conversations is acknowledging the grievance in a sincere way. And, you know, if someone comes to you with a problem, it's important not to brush it off. And and even if there's no immediate solution to make known that their input is valued and appreciated and that maybe a solution isn't immediately known, but that it's something that you can work towards. And it's important to let the people know who are coming to you with a difficult conversation that you really value what they have to say. And they're coming to you in a vulnerable position. They're putting their trust in you. And I think it's important to show that trust back and to not only affirm that you hear them, but that you're willing to take steps to fix the problem. Maybe it's over the course of multiple meetings. Maybe it'll take several weeks or months and change isn't always immediate, but showing that you care about receiving that feedback by implementing steps for solutions going forward, I think is very important. Piece of advice I'd give for that, and I think it's something that we as attorneys fall prey to over and over again, is making it about us. And this is the moment where it cannot be about you because it becomes very apparent when you feel attacked. And so you put yourself in the center of it and that is not going to help. I think that's going to make the situation a lot worse. So it's really important to let the person have their say and like make sure they get it all out of their system and not like I've seen it happen a lot, like immediately interject and be like, why didn't do, you know, and like make it about you. And that is just, I think the biggest mistake you can make in one of those scenarios. So if you take anything out of this episode, just please don't do that. Yeah. If someone gets too defensive to some, any type of criticism, it's that, it's that old saying, you know, doth protest too much. Maybe you're getting defensive because you you know you did whatever it is that person just told you you did. For me personally, when I've had those conversations, I always lead off with an apology because I want them to know that that is my first reaction of I'm I'm sorry that I did that. And it's important too to say, I'm sorry that I did that, not I'm sorry that you feel that way. That's not a real apology. So <laughs> let's get that clear. So I lead off with, I'm sorry that I did that. Let's talk about how we can fix it. And I always finish it with, thank you for coming to me. And I hope you know, you may not be feeling it right now, but I hope you do know how much I appreciate the work that you do and the efforts that you make. And so I think that that is the perfect place to end our episode. Ladies, thank you so much for another great conversation. And if you all have any thoughts, you can reach out to us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. So until next time, Bye, guys. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. At The Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning.